Welcome, everyone, to a midweek edition of Couch Potato Diary, coming to you from the Clearwater Cleaning Solutions broadcast studio. They are your one-stop commercial residential cleaning company based out of Calgary with a fantastic team, ready to make your life simpler and easier by fulfilling all of your cleaning needs. Check them out online, clearwatercleaningsolutions.com. You can find me online, social media, Twitter and Instagram. I'm at primetimecline, twitch.tv slash primetimepk. Um, you can also... Uh, yeah, check out the people who make the music for this show. Uh, they are Wasted Talent. Find them on Instagram, at Wasted Talent, with X's where the A's would be. So, yesterday was all about the American Football Conference. Today is about the National Football Conference, NFC previews. Uh, plus, we have uh, our playoff, look at the playoffs as well. Um, and then we are going to get into the last bit of fantasy football talk on this show. It is the good players on bad teams, the players who's... Um, fantasy lot in life would look a little bit different if they were on different teams. But uh, before we get into the NFL stuff, just a couple of quick thoughts, Blue Jays and Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, the Blue Jays coming off of a loss last night against the Baltimore Orioles, but coming off of a very strong showing in their doubleheader. And losses like last night are going to happen. Um, it's obviously frustrating, but Mitch White, it, it just, it hasn't really worked the way that people wanted it to work, and this was one of the reasons why, on this show, we were calling for a little bit extra help depth-wise. You can't just bank on best-case scenario for your starting five and, and have that be that. It's just, it's not going to work out that way. Mitch White has had one good outing, and that's been it so far since the deadline back in July, or back in early August now, I guess, so it's been a month, and he's pitched well once, um, and at this point, you can't really afford to have that happen, and it's very frustrating that a lot of the progress that was made um, with kind of resting up the bullpen after a couple of great outings from Barrios and from Gosman kind of gets thrown away by what happens uh, in the ball game yesterday. But the the main thing now, we've talked a bit before about, okay, the Blue Jays need to get like either Bobochet or Teoscar Hernandez really going. Well, Bobochet is going at an elite level right now. Now Vladdy needs to turn up, and it does really seem like he is hurt. It does really seem like some swings that were generating home runs earlier are now generating warning track power, and there's a lot of balls that are killing a lot of bugs that are being just drilled right into the ground. He needs to get going again. He needs to be able to elevate that ball um, if this Blue Jays team is going to, again, get to where they want to get to. I think they'll be able to make the postseason just fine uh, with Vladdy playing the way he is because you have Bo stepping up and some other players around as well. I think George Springer is playing really well. A lot Alejandro, uh, Alejandro Kirk, sorry, has had a couple of good games in a row. I think he is starting to step up a little bit as well. But if this team wants to be able to compete with the New Yorks and the Houstons, they are going to need um, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Big game tonight with Alex Manoa on the hill. If he can get that win, reestablish a four and a half game lead over the Orioles, you feel a whole lot more comfortable going into what should be an easier series against the um, the, the Texas Rangers starting on Friday. But that this needs to be kind of a, a get back time for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and the Blue Jays, because again, the opportunity is right there. They're six games back of the Yankees for first place in the American League East. Now, we're running out of runway to, to catch that one, but I, I still don't think you want to finish third in this whole... Uh, the, this whole situation. Though the White Sox are coming on, that that is a talented team. Cleveland has been a difficult out for the Blue Jays. Um, Minnesota has provided some frustration for Toronto. You don't want to travel there to do a three-game series. Getting that top spot in the wild card needs to be the goal for this team right now. Have a Seattle travel from the West Coast to the East Coast to play you for three games instead of having to travel out there 
for the three games. I think that is going to be crucial. And we all know how crappy it's been for the Blue Jays playing in Tampa Bay, but they need to get the job done. Uh, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders fall to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers back on Labor Day. Uh, that was the game that I had the, the most attention on. Cody Fajardo just isn't it, man. Like, it's just, it's not there. And I'm, I, I, I am convinced that he is injured. Um, there are some issues on the offensive line. They had some in key situations, they had some problems protecting. Like, it really felt like Winnipeg was kind of saving it up as a bird goes flying by. Um, really had some problems saving, or Winnipeg really gave the Riders some problems really going all out when the, the things mattered the most. But this is still a team that doesn't push the ball down the field. This is still a team that is far too conservative, in my opinion, to kick field goals. And that was the difference. Well, it's something we've talked about on this show with this team time and time and time again. They're the ones kicking field goals. The other team's the ones kicking touchdowns. The Riders... Third and three in plus territory decide to kick a field goal. Um, they try a field goal with Brett Lother from 57 yards away. Um, it ends up just being kind of a, a long punt. But in those situations, I wouldn't mind seeing this team go for it. I thought the defense played really well against Winnipeg on Sunday afternoon. I would maybe trust them a little bit more um, and just try to, especially like third and three, the way Hickson was running, um, the, the way that, that this team is built for the short passing game, that still kind of refuse to push the ball down the field. You, you would like to see that a little bit more, but I've kind of just given up on that crusade because it's just so clearly not going to happen now. Um, but I, I think you, you can't have such a conservative offense all the time because you're kind of just guaranteeing that you're going to cover the spread, uh, but you're not going to actually do anything in these games. And I think Saskatchewan needs to be much more aggressive now here in the unofficial second half of the season. So a couple of thoughts there before we get into our final bit of NFL previewing. It is time to run through the NFC. And we, of course, start in the NFC East, the Philadelphia Eagles. They're over under at the time I did my notes on this. Um, was set at nine and a half. Um, sorry, I just saw breaking news about Pat McAfee. Is he going to ESPN or is Jeff Passan joining his show? Either way, big day for, uh, for Pat McAfee's show. One of the, like, next generation of, uh, podcast folks here. So kind of, um, kind of a cool thing, whatever is going on. So I'll try to Try to keep looking at it uh, as that goes along. But sorry, I got distracted there. Eagles, win total at 9.5. Uh, their Super Bowl odds are plus 2,200. They are plus 1,100 to win the NFC, plus 150 to win the division. A lot of people very excited about this Philadelphia Eagles team. They have added weapons around Jalen Hurts. They have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. I think they have a very good defense. I like everything about this team. The only question is the quarterback. I, I cannot get it out of my head how really bad that playoff game looked against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and how overwhelmed Jalen Hurts looked in that game. I am going to assume he is using that as a learning tool and is going to, to be back better than ever. Also, I don't believe the Eagles schedule is all that difficult this season. I'm going to go over nine and a half wins for Philadelphia. The Dallas Cowboys total sets at 10. Um, they are plus 2000 to win the Super Bowl, plus 900 to win the NFC, plus 150 to win the division. I think this is a fallback year for the Dallas Cowboys. I think the offensive line is too banged up to, to trust what the offense is going to be able to do. I think the defense got incredibly lucky last year with all of the turnovers that they got. Diggs 
is way too boomer bust to rely on. I remember that Saints team that won the Super Bowl based on so many defensive uh, plays. It really turned around for them the year after that. And you, you just can't rely on being so aggressive going after the interceptions. That is going to end up biting the Dallas Cowboys. I have them going under 10. The New York Giants win total sits at 7. They are plus 12,500 to win the Super Bowl, plus 600 to win the NFC, plus 800 to win the division. That means if you put $100 on the Giants to win the Super Bowl, you would get $12,500 if they were to win. I would just recommend lighting it on fire instead. Um, this is a bad football team. I, I get that there is excitement around a new offensive mind in Brian Dayball. I have questions as to whether the growth for the Buffalo Bills was really around Brian Dayball, or was it the, the growth of Josh Allen just as a quarterback? I don't think Daniel Jones is very good. I don't think the receiving group is very good. I think the defense has a lot of holes. I think they had a good draft, and I think they could move in the right direction. This is a lost year for me with this team. I am going to go under seven for the New York Giants. The Washington Commanders win total sits at eight. They are plus 7,000 to win the Super Bowl, plus 3,500 to win the NFC, plus 500 to win the division. Uh, this is an easy under eight for me. I just, again, Chase Young... Uh, is out for the first four weeks. This defense was exposed a year ago. Carson Wentz should be better than what they have at the, the quarterback spot, but Antonio Gibson is kind of thrust into the spotlight after um, Brian Robinson gets shot in the offseason. He should be back at some point this year, but there's no trust in the running back. I like the, the draft of Dotson to him and McLaurin. I think can be a couple pretty good receivers, but I think this defense continues to fall off, and I just... I don't know about uh, Riverboat Ron anymore, so I, I'm going under for Washington as well on this one. Um, my the, the order of the division here is Philadelphia at 9.5, Dallas um, uh, finishing in second, the Giants are going to be my fourth place team, so Washington will finish third for me, and I am circling all the NFC East bets. I like these. Um, I like all of these, actually quite a bit. Moving into the NFC West, it is the LA Rams at plus 10, or rather their over-under, sorry, sits at 10.5. They are plus 1,200 to win the Super Bowl, plus 550 to win the NFC, and they are the favorites in the NFC West at plus 130. The defending Super Bowl champions return a lot of the players that um, were so key to their success last year. One big omission is Odell Beckham Jr. Now, it Sounds like maybe he could come back to this team as a free agent, maybe late in the season if the recovery goes well. They replace him with Allen Robinson, who I think is a very, very, very good, very talented wide receiver. We will see how much he has left. I have questions about the running backs. I have not a ton of questions elsewhere. That This is a remarkably talented football team. I do worry a bit about a bit of a Super Bowl hangover, but I am still going to go over 10 and a half on the LA Rams. I feel comfortable that this could be a team. 11 and 6 seems very much within the realm of possibility for them. The San Francisco 49ers, the over under total sits at 10. They are plus 1600 to win the Super Bowl, plus 750 to win the NFC, plus 150 to win the division. I like that for the 49ers to win the division. I am going over the 10. I think there are some concerns obviously about Trey Lance. But you look at the rest of this team. Um, I think they have a very talented running back room. I think they have a couple very talented receivers. I love the tight end. This defense is a major problem for teams and continues to be a real staple for them. And you look at what... Uh, Kyle Shanahan has been able to do with mobile quarterbacks. He got the most that anyone got out of Robert Griffin III. 
I don't know if Trey Lance can get to that level, but I think he has the best opportunity to with Kyle Shanahan. And if it starts to fall apart, Jimmy Garoppolo could be right there to back it up. I I love the situation for San Francisco. I'm going over for them. Uh, up next, the Arizona Cardinals. Their win total is at 8.5. They are plus 4,000 win the Super Bowl, plus 2,000 win the NFC, plus 400 to win the division. I am firmly in the under category for Arizona. I think all the vibes around this team are off. I think we, we've gone over this before. I think Kingsbury could be the first coach fired. I think no DeAndre Hopkins for the first six weeks. Um, Hollywood Brown has had some issues, obviously. Kyler Murray, this whole offseason was just such a debacle. And then the shit talking between Kyler and um, Kingsbury that's saying like, yeah, you do the play calling. You see how hard it is. They lose Chandler Jones on the defensive side of things, which I think is a gigantic loss. Nothing is trending in the right direction for this Arizona football team. They start off week one against the Kansas City Chiefs. I think they get absolutely pummeled in that game. And I think it starts a real downward spiral for them. I was very tempted to pick Arizona to finish last in this division, but I am certainly going under eight and a half. The only reason I'm not going uh, with Arizona to finish last in this division are the Seattle Seahawks, whose win total is at five and a half. They are plus 15,000 to win the Super Bowl, plus 8,000 to win the NFC, plus 2,000 just to win this division. The total at five and a half, I will gleefully take the under on that. This is a team that struggled with one of the more talented quarterbacks in the league. Um, with Russell Wilson. Now you have Geno Smith back there, who I think has a lot of concerns around him because of how spotty this offensive line can be. Um, if Russell Wilson can't get a lot of this offensive line, I don't know what Geno Smith is going to be able to do. This is a year of transition for this team, uh, Seattle under five and a half for me. NFC North, the Minnesota Vikings come in at nine and a half for the win total, plus 3,000 win the Super Bowl, plus 1,800 to win the NFC, plus two, uh, 260 to win the NFC North. I like everything about this team but the quarterback. I It, it, it concerns me how much I like this team um, because of Kirk Cousins. You know last year how frustrated I was at being burned by Kirk Cousins on a number of opportunities. I do think he is overrated, um, but I just look at all the weapons on this team, and I look at a now offensive-minded coach who could be able to unlock a few more things here. So I am probably going to regret this, but I'm going over 9.5 for the Minnesota Vikings, and I also like the plus 260 to win the division Let's roll, baby. You like that. I don't love it, but I'm going with Kirk Cousins on that. The Green Bay Packers, over-under sits at 11. They are plus 1,000 to win the Super Bowl, plus 400 to win the NFC, minus 190 to win the division. I'm going under 11 on the, the Green Bay Packers. Um, I get Aaron Rodgers is the two-time MVP. This offseason, again, was really weird. And I get last offseason was really weird, too. And we said to, to not buy into that. But now, the team isn't getting as good. You know, like now Devontae Adams is gone and he's kind of shit talking a lot of the rookie ride receivers that they have brought in. I just, it feels off to me in Green Bay right now. Um, Aaron Rodgers is someone who will hold the ball and hold the ball and hold the ball and wait for his receivers to get open. Devontae Adams isn't walking through that door anymore. I don't know if they have the guys to get open anymore. So I'm going to go under Green Bay um, at 11 
there. Uh, the rest of the division is a little sucky. The Detroit Lions with a win total at 6.5, plus 12500 to win the Super Bowl, plus 6000 to win the NFC, and $100 on them to win the division would pay out with $1,000 in your pocket. A lot of people very high on the Detroit Lions. Um, I think they're going to go from a terrible team to being a bad team this year. I think that... They, yes, they lost a lot of close games. They won a lot of close games as well. And I just can't imagine this team more than doubling their win total. So because of that, I like under six and a half. I love what Dan Campbell is doing. I love the culture that they are building there. Um, I like the draft that they had. Um, and we, we know from the fantasy shows, I like some of the players that have made their way to that team. But the quarterback is an issue, um, and I, I still think that they are a couple of years away from really breaking through. So I like under 6.5 for Detroit. Also at 6.5, the Chicago Bears, uh, their odds to win the Super Bowl are plus 15,000. They are plus 8,000 to win the NFC, plus 1,500 to win the division. I think this might be the worst team in football. Um, if the Houston Texans didn't exist, they certainly would be the worst team in football. I hate what they're doing to Justin Fields. There is nothing redeemable about either side of the football, Aside from that, I think this team is going to be horrific. Um, I have them under six and a half and would consider sprinkling a little bit on them for uh, the worst team in the National Football League uh, coming out of this. I I think I, I just I can't imagine this team going seven to nine. I just really, really, really can't. Last one for our division previews, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the NFC South. Their total sits at 11 and a half. They are plus 750 to win the Super Bowl, plus 325 to win the NFC, and minus 250 to win the division, which is more of a statement on the division than it is on them. I'm going under 11 and a half. I have major concerns about this offensive line, pressuring a not-so-mobile Tom Brady. I have questions about what they're going to be able to do on the defensive side of the ball, now uh, potentially a year older with a couple of more players exiting. I think this team still wins the division, but I do not see a 12-5 and in this team's future. The New Orleans Saints at plus 4,000 to win the Super Bowl, plus 2,000 to win the NFC, plus 300 to win the division. I like New Orleans over 8.5. I think Dennis Allen continuing the, the continuity there um, with the, the, the coaching staff, I think not messing around with the Taysom Hill stuff is going to help out. I think they had a very good draft for skill position players, and I think this defense is pretty good still, and they have one of the better defensive coaches in the league with, with Dennis Allen there. If he can just kind of stay out of the way on offense and let this offense work, you, you have Michael Thomas back, you have Alvin Kamara there, they drafted a couple of players as well, you still have a gadget play in, in Taysom Hill every now and then. I think New Orleans goes over eight and a half. I, I like this team quite a bit. I, I think this could be a sneaky playoff team as well, but we'll get to that in a second. All right. Carolina. Their win total is at six and a half, plus 12,500 to win the Super Bowl, plus 7,000 to win the NFC, plus 900 to win the division. Um, God, I just, I don't want to fall for this again. But I'm kind of going to fall, I might fall for this again. Baker Mayfield, if he can figure out what he is supposed to do as a quarterback and just be a rhythm passer, they have a couple of very good weapons in Carolina. My issue is Matt Rule seems to be an idiot, uh, and Ben McAdoo, who they have brought in as their offensive coordinator, is kind of a confirmed idiot. Uh, I like the defense. I like so many pieces on this team. It's just the coaching quarterback that I have the problems on. I This 6.5 is such a great win total because this, this feels like better than a 5-12 and 12 team. This feels like maybe better than a, a six and eleven team, but I just I have to go under on this. 
it's not what I'm putting any money on. And if, if Carolina starts to play well throughout the season, I feel like there'll be some people slow to buy in on it. I, I will buy in on that as the season goes along. Lastly, the Atlanta Falcons. Their over-under sits at five. Uh, they are plus 20,000 to win the Super Bowl, plus 10,000 to win the NFC, plus 3,500 to win the division. This team is very bad. Very, 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 very bad. And again, a year of transition. We will probably see the young quarterback in there at some point. Um... No Calvin Ridley means minimal offensive weapons. Uh, the defense is quite bad as well. Uh, I will go under five for the Atlanta Falcons. So there is your NFC preview. Now we get into the playoffs. Playoffs? Yes. Now we get into the playoffs. So let's rank them. Let's see how things go in the AFC. The number one seed in the AFC for me are the Buffalo Bills. So they get... The buy the number two seed. I am going to say probably the LA Chargers will be the number two seed. Uh, the three seed is probably going to be the Indianapolis Colts, and the four seed. I don't know why I tried to write Indianapolis there. Just write Indy. Show off. Um, the four seed is Cincinnati. We're just gonna write Cincy in. I just think that because of the divisions that those teams play in, and I get the AFC West loaded up, and they're the the, the marquee division. But if you remember back to our AFC preview, I took the Chiefs under 10.5. I took the Broncos under, and I took the Raiders under. I don't think this division is going to be as good as people think it is. I think the Chargers are going to be able to come out of it smelling like roses. And I just think because of the the strong play of the Baltimore Ravens in that AFC North, they are the, the next best second place team um, along there. So I, I think Baltimore makes life difficult for Cincinnati. I think that that is probably going to be a battle for top spot in the division. And because of that, Baltimore is my fifth seed. So those two teams will play each other in the postseason. Coming out of the AFC North, Baltimore is my fifth seed. My sixth seed are the Kansas City Chiefs. So they will be playing the Indianapolis Colts in the first round of the playoffs. And my seventh seed, it comes down to Tennessee, Denver, and Miami. I am going to go... With the Miami Dolphins, I have them over nine. Um, I think they get the job done and get into the postseason. Um, so my AFC playoff matchups are the Chargers against the Dolphins, the Colts against the Chiefs, and the Bengals against the Baltimore Ravens. I have the Chargers annihilating the Miami Dolphins uh, with a victory there. So the Chargers go into the stay in the two seed in the postseason. Indy against Kansas City. I think this is where Indianapolis run ends. I will go Kansas City with a victory in that one, setting up a rematch against Baltimore and Cincinnati, or sorry, setting up a rematch against Buffalo. Cincinnati against Baltimore. Oh, it's really close. We've seen one quarterback lead his team to the Super Bowl. We've seen the other one kind of fall apart a little bit. I think this is where Cincinnati gets it done. I think Cincy gets the win there. So the AFC divisional round, Buffalo against Kansas City, the Chargers against Cincinnati. I will go Buffalo over Kansas City in the divisional round, and I will go with the Chargers over the Bills, setting up a really interesting <laughs> AFC title game. Who are my AFC champions? I am going to go all in on the Chargers this year. I am going to see the LA Chargers are the AFC champions for the year of our football gods, 2022 and 2023. Moving into the NFC, I am going to say the San Francisco 49ers are your one seed um, this year. Coming out of the NFC, actually, you know what? 
I am not. I'm going to change that. I'm going to say the Minnesota Vikings are the number one seed coming out of the, the first round. I just think their division is a whole lot worse. And I think, again, the Rams being there is going to uh, affect things greatly. The number two seed would probably be... Yeah, the two seed is going to be San Francisco. The three seed will be Tampa Bay, uh, which means your four seed will be Philadelphia. The five seed will, of course, be the LA Rams. Uh, so they get Philadelphia in round number one. My six seed is going to be Green Bay. I would love to do the hot take and have Green Bay not make the playoffs, but that would be absolutely insane. My seven seed coming down to the Saints or the Dallas Cowboys. You know what? Let's let's go with a bold take here. Let's say New Orleans makes the playoffs. The Dallas Cowboys miss the playoffs. So my postseason matchups in the NFC, uh, San Francisco against New Orleans, Tampa Bay against Green Bay, and Philadelphia against the LA Rams. San Francisco beats New Orleans, I think. So San Francisco stays as the number two seed. Tampa Bay against Green Bay have seen too many playoff flameouts for uh, Green Bay. So Tampa Bay gets the job done, taking on San Francisco in the divisional round. The Rams against the Philadelphia Eagles. I think the Rams just do horrible things to the Eagles once again. Another wild card exit for the Philadelphia Eagles. So then it's Minnesota against the Rams, San Francisco against Tampa Bay. It is the LA Rams for me over Minnesota, and it is San Francisco for me over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So now we get down to, in a one game, winner takes all. 49ers against the Rams. If I am saying at this point that Trey Lance has got his team here, I think Trey Lance is going to be able to take his team all the way. I think San Francisco gets the job done. They face the Chargers in the Super Bowl. And I have, can't believe I'm saying this after saying I'm not going to buy into this team for a second year in a row. I have the LA Chargers winning the Super Bowl. So there you go. I have Chargers over 49ers as my Super Bowl prediction for the 2022-2023 season. The music that you hear on Couch Potato Diary is provided by Waste of Talent. You can find them on Instagram at Waste of Talent, where X is where the A's would be. And you can find their producer on Instagram at Tommy Fresh Music. It is the last of our fantasy football previews. I have two fantasy football drafts tonight. Uh, this is one looking at good player, bad team. Uh, this is looking at a couple of players who I think their fantasy value would be increased greatly if they weren't on such a bad team, but maybe that provides good value for you because talent does have a chance to, to kind of break through. The first one, you probably know where I'm going with this one. It is Brandon Cooks with the Houston Texans. I think Brandon Cooks is one of the most underrated receivers of this generation. I think he is so talented. He has bounced around quite a bit. Um, I think he can be an elite number two receiver in the league. Whenever he's brought in as a number one, it doesn't really seem to go well. Um, I have said for a couple of years. I would love for the Raiders to, to bring him in. I think he would be a phenomenal elite compliment to Devontae Adams if they really wanted to, to go for this. But like you look at him being a number one in the system with Baltimore, I think would be great. I think he would solve a lot of what Kansas City and Green Bay needs to get done. I think he would be phenomenal with the Tennessee Titans as well. I think he is such a great fit with so many different teams. It almost seems like a waste that he's here in Houston. He is here to help the young quarterback in Davis Mills. Um, and I still think there's going to be fantasy value for him. But man, if he could get traded at the deadline and go to a contender, that would be just such a boost for his fantasy value. Speaking of wide receivers on bad teams, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. I think they are both ridiculously talented receivers. I think Tyler Lockett... Um, 
kind of gets typecast as just the deep ball guy, and sometimes that's kind of how he is used. His value was a little bit unpredictable. I don't think it's going to be very high this year with Geno Smith, but if Seattle decides to really fold it in and, and trade Tyler Lockett, I think, again, very dangerous weapon. He would be perfect on Kansas City, wouldn't he? Um, and DK Metcalf as well. I don't think you trade away the young 25-year-old um, hulking wide receiver, but I think he is criminally underrated right now. I think he is one of the most talented receivers the National Football League has to offer, and I think he's being wasted in Seattle, but I still think there's fantasy value there. I am still a believer in Robbie Anderson, and I think he has had some horrendous quarterback luck. I think now that Allen Robinson is on a good team, he is now the one who has been burdened by quarterback problems the most. If Robbie Anderson could ever get a competent quarterback throwing in the ball, that fantasy value skyrockets. And my last one is Marcus Mariota. I still think, you, you saw some of the flashes with Mariota with the Raiders a season ago. I still believe there is a talented quarterback there, and the way fantasy football is played now, he could be a number one quarterback if he was just on a better team. His best case scenario this season is a quarterback gets injured, and he goes to a, a winning team and, and is is able to, to step in there. Like, honestly, his best case scenario was Jimmy Garoppolo gets sent somewhere and then something happens to Trey Lance. He goes into to San Francisco and all of a sudden runs that offense the way that San Francisco was looking to run it. So um, those are just a couple players to keep an eye on in your fantasy drafts. If their situation changes, they could be tremendous values. And even as is, I think they're being undervalued because of the teams they're on. All right, garbage truck outside, so a good time to close the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Remember, rate, review, subscribe wherever possible. Uh, you can um, find me on Twitter and Instagram, at PrimetimeKlein, twitch.tv slash PrimetimePK, and you can find uh, the studio sponsors for the show. They are Clearwater Cleaning Solutions. Find them online, clearwatercleaningsolutions.com. They are a one-stop commercial residential cleaning company based out of Calgary with a fantastic team, ready to make your life simpler and easier by fulfilling all of your cleaning needs. I will talk to you all tomorrow. I'm out.